0: Welcome to the Strategic Families Podcast, where we challenge families to be rooted in God's word, energized with gospel-centered purpose, and activated on mission for His kingdom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Strategic Families Podcast. This is Graham Clark, and this is episode 1.06 with Dan Martin. I am so excited for you guys to hear from Dan today. What an awesome man of God that we have so much to learn from, especially those of us who are still in the early years of parenting. Dan is a part of the exclusive Three Daughters Club. So if you are a part of that club, Hit us up on the website. Would love to hear your experience. I'm a part of that club, too. I'm a card-carrying member, maybe even the president. I don't know. But uh, it is an awesome club to be a part of because, man, there's nothing like a little girl. Am I right? I'm right. If you have little girls, you know. You don't need to have three of them. They're awesome. Dan is going to share a lot of his wisdom from raising three daughters and how he loved them so well. Uh, He and his wife, Jennifer, in this episode, I think the point that Dan makes... Most strongly is that we need to win their hearts. And he'll talk about that. What a beautiful picture. You know, like a lot of our guests, Dan hasn't written any books, at least none that I know of. He could if he wanted to, I'm sure. But he is a faithful man of God who has so much to teach us. So I am excited for you to be able to learn from him today and put a lot of what he says into practice. All right, well, let's roll it. I am thrilled to uh, introduce our guest today, Mr. Dan
1: Martin. Dan, thank you so much for being on. Uh, It's a privilege to be here, Graham. Thank you for the invitation and looking forward to these few minutes together.
0: Awesome. Uh, Dan, I remember one of my... Favorite memories from church is uh, that Sunday when you guys were up front and becoming members of the church. And there's something about you where I said, Man, I got to go up and meet that guy. And we shook hands and our families introduced each other. And it was just a, a sweet moment. And I remember telling our pastor at the time, I said, Man, that was a good pickup, that Martin family. <laughs> so I'm so glad that we started that relationship and the, uh, and the friendship and brotherhood in Christ that we've shared. Dan, why don't you give us an introduction of yourself, where you grew up, and uh, where you've worked, and where you work now, and, and when you got married, and the number of children you have, and all that good stuff.
1: Well, I, I'm an MK, a missionary kid. I uh, was born in Central Texas, but when I was born, my parents were already missionaries in Mexico. So I grew up in Mexico, uh, mid to late 60s, uh, 70s as well, came back to the States for college, And then spent a dozen years in uh, Guatemala as a missionary. That was after college, uh, studying engineering, but my first kind of work was out of the country in Guatemala. Then came back to the States. I was in church ministry work for about about 14 or 15 years and uh, ended as a senior pastor for a number of years in Texas and then came here to Charlotte, North Carolina to, uh, to work with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. So I currently work here at the association in the internet evangelism department and love what I do. It's an amazing fit uh, that God has brought together of uh, the engineering background, the ministry background, and the international uh, component of my life. So I love it.
0: Awesome. Now, tell us a little bit about your family. I know you've got, uh, you are in the same exclusive club that I have joined, uh, the Three Daughters Club. So tell me about those girls and and where they are
1: now in life. Yeah, well, mine is a little more exclusive than yours, I think, because I only have three daughters. Uh, so I have uh, been married to my wife now for almost 28 years. Jennifer has been uh, such a blessing. God brought us together. I was already a missionary. Uh, she was traveling with her family, doing music here in the US. We met and uh, corresponded long distance for a couple of years and then got married. Then God gave us three amazing daughters. I often say that when I grow up, I want to be like my girls because they are they are pretty, pretty special. Um, my oldest is uh, married. And we'll be having our first grandbaby in just a few weeks, about four weeks from now. That and is awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have a grandson. So first boy child after three girls are in the family. So a grandson, middle one works for a local church here in Charlotte and is dating a godly young man. And the youngest graduates from college in four weeks. So uh, the first of May is going to be a busy time for the Martin family.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Congratulations on all that. That's fantastic. Now, I didn't prepare this question in advance, but you got to tell me, how does it feel that your youngest is about to graduate from college?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. It, in some ways, it feels more significant than the first one going to college. Um, so it does feel amazing. Uh, it has been fast. It, COVID has created some unique Time she had to come back for a semester to because uh, classes were virtual, the dormitories were closed, Um, so it's been a really fast college uh, experience for her. And uh, she just my youngest just seems like she's always the kid, she's too young to be graduating from college, and she's literally doing an internship here at the association for the summer. And uh, just to see her in a professional setting, doing professional work is kind of warping my mind a little bit.
0: Well, wow, that's awesome. I was just talking with a, a parent who's a, around your stage of life and, and they said something similar. It's just, you know, they, they start turning into more of your peers and that's, that's just crazy and beautiful all at the same time. So, you know, our, our title here is Strategic Families Podcast. And so one of the things that, that really struck me about your family, Dan and, and you know your wife Jennifer, and your three daughters. one of the things you shared with me is how your daughters, I mean you didn't say it in these terms, but I could tell that your daughters respect so much your opinion, especially when it comes to things like young men who are involved in their lives and things like that. and um, I love how seriously you took that and I love the the basis of that. And I was wondering if you could just talk to us about your family environment, uh, as your girls were growing up, uh, what do you think it was that that helped them have such trust in you and Jennifer and your avi- advice to them
1: as adults? Well, I, I have to say that I, I made a lot of mistakes. I do believe that through all of that, they knew that I genuinely loved and continue to love them. Um, and I tried to express to them often that, my ultimate desire was for them to find success in whatever path God laid before them. So I think, I think during those years, I focused a lot on wisdom and truth and kind of pouring into their lives. Uh, and so I think that kind of came back now in some ways, uh, and they valued that. I think the grace of God was a big component of that. I often say that, you know, God has called us to intentionally invest and pour into our children. Children are not like, you know, just some organic matter that you just kind of put together and see how it turns out. Uh, they're, they're living beings that God has called us to, to disciple. And uh, the book of Proverbs talks about molding them. and The Old Testament often talks about raising them. Uh, And so uh, I I think that God's called us to intentional leadership and to intentionally desire something for them beyond ourselves. And uh, so I think that has made a difference. And I think in some ways, uh, you know, I don't want to put words into their mouth, but I think that if we were to ask them, that would be something that has that has affected why they would want to continue to ask my opinion or or want my blessing as they as they continue to grow and, and choose a mate for life and things like that.
0: Yeah. Amazing advice. I yeah, I love what you said about how they're you know, we, we can't look at it as science experiments where if you put in this and this and this, you'll get. X, you know that's not how it works. These are individuals, like you said, and they have hopes and dreams and desires that that may be different from our own. It's our job to help nurture them and love them in the way that that, that God has called us to. And and I love that you mentioned the grace of God. I think every parent understands the grace of God is absolutely critical um, in in all parenting endeavors. I was going to ask about is the 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 love and the nurture and, and the respect side of this. On the negative side, if kids don't have uh, that kind of nurturing in the home, this is the reason you hear about kids, for instance, joining a gang. Uh, I mean, terrible example, but you know, kids are looking for belonging somewhere. They want to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves, even if they can't articulate it. Um, and for you guys, you know, obviously you figured out how to uh, help your kids want to be a part of something amazing and wonderful and life-giving i just wonder if you could talk to us about the martin family what what did it mean to be a part of the martin family and and why do you think your girls felt uh such a, a clear uh sense of belonging to your family
1: yeah i think that's i think there's a lot of truth to that uh the idea of of having the belonging and the idea of uh of some place where I fit and bring a unique piece to all of this. Um, and, and what I've seen, what I, I believe I've seen sometimes is that some people try to make family as the bigger piece. So I'm belonging to family and that's the bigger piece. And, and I believe God uses the family, but I think that the ultimate goal has to go beyond that. If the end is just to be a part of family, then it's kind of a dead end. And it ends up again, being a hollow idol because the end is to glorify God. And that's really what fulfills all mankind. That's really what fulfills you and me. That's that vacuum. That's that hole that we have in us. That's what God created us for. So I believe the family is a vehicle to get us there. And that belonging to the family that helps me do that gives me a sense of, of belonging. Maybe to use a sports analogy, oh. the, 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 the camaraderie of a team is not just to have camaraderie of a team. The camaraderie of a team is because they're all pushing towards another goal that's beyond the team. And that's the, the, the championship, and I think that's important for families to say, to, to understand, okay, what are we, where are we going? And I have to, I have to credit my dad uh, and Maya bringing my dad taught us that loving and serving God and bringing glory to him was bigger than anything else. So as a family, as a cohesive unit, we served. Uh, my dad was a missionary and it, it it wasn't just dad was a missionary. We were missionaries. We saw that as the Martin family was a missionary family in Mexico serving God. And then as I uh, went into ministry and my daughters came along and we we served as a cohesive unit. I remember in, in a tiny town in the panhandle of Texas, I mean, we just all saw ourselves, theologically, this is going to sound wrong, but we saw ourselves as the pastors of the church. My daughters weren't giving pastoral advice, but, but when vacation Bible school came around, they were all integral parts of the skit. When there was a need to, to clean, when there was a need to go do this or that, or the other at the church, we just did it as a family. And, uh, we were, when someone had a need in the community that we went to serve them, they didn't always go with us, but they all knew that together as a family, we were kind of making that happen. They, they may be sacrificing their dad time with their dad so their dad could go somewhere or they may be sacrificing something else. But but all of us were sacrificing to bring glory to God and to help someone else in that. So um, I, I think that's the thing that that kind of brought that sense of unity and camaraderie and um, togetherness that we were all pursuing a common goal.
0: Dan, you get extra credit for that. Major extra credit for that response. That that's amazing. I I I can't tell you how much I agree with that. I love that you pointed beyond the family because as much as we love families and we, we want to focus on families and help people shore up the family unit. I'm so glad you brought that up. The the whole goal of this ministry or any good family ministry is not just to create a nicer family or a cuter family or better family photos or better family vacations or or anything like that. Mm. The chief end of man is to glorify God. And families are just a piece of how he intends to do that. And it's our job to get on board with that and be on mission for him. I'm so glad Mm. you said that. That's incredible. And I I love the point that you made about that's, you know, that's how you grow close together. That's how you, that's how you can strategically build that community and that culture in your family is by serving together, because that's part of God's plan too, is that we would be serving, that we would align our hearts to his. And that's what you guys did with Vacation Bible School and those kinds of efforts. Uh, It's, that's amazing.
1: I love that. Yeah. I think it'd be worth just, just uh, kind of, pausing for a minute and and uh, just asking those who are listening, you know, h- how do you intentionally incorporate your children into your ministry activities? How do you intentionally incorporate your children into uh, external service for God and bringing glory to God? Just, uh, just something to, 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 to think about.
0: Absolutely. And not only to think about that, but to take action on. Uh, I love that challenge. What a great challenge! That's something that Katie and I have been talking about, and you know, of course, COVID has made that more difficult. But that that God's call has not gone away because COVID's here. We we have ways of of serving, and we might need to get creative. But um, but yes, that is absolutely our calling. And I love how you tied the service into a sense of belonging and, and culture of your family. And I wanted to ask you know, I know you guys are relatively recent empty nesters, and our kids are are still in the home and. You know, there there are many times where I've thought about that day where I'm going to start to be an empty nester. And, you know, the the way I've always thought about it is, hey, at, at that point, it's pencils down. Your training period is over. wonder if you could just talk about that. I mean, my impression is that my influence is going to go off a cliff. And if you could chart it, you'd say, well. You don't have nearly as much influence as you used to have. And uh, so that makes me want to just kind of take it more seriously now. And I'm wondering if you can just talk about uh, what it feels like to be an empty nester now as you look back. And do you think about that time? Do you think about maybe there are some things that I would have done differently? I don't know. Is is there any encouragement you can offer to those of us who, who still have kids in the home who are looking forward to that day, maybe with a little bit of dread and wanting to make sure that we are as faithful as we can be right now?
1: Yeah. So I would say that the quantity of time, that one-on-one or that family time where the person is in the home and where you have more authority than influence, maybe, or both authority and influence in their lives will change. But I don't think that that necessarily means that influence has to change. I think the influence comes in more important places and in more significant moments. Um, so I, I'm really thankful that uh, God is allowing us to continue to have a strong relationship with our daughters. Now that they're grown, uh, we've made a lot of mistakes. You know, when the girls were growing up, we leaned, I leaned heavily into, uh, into teaching wisdom and truth and, you know, the cerebral parts you know, what you need to know about life and about God and those kinds of things. And then when my oldest daughter got ready to leave and we took her to the airport in Albuquerque, New Mexico to fly to Ohio for college. I remember her uh, just getting on the plane. I cried my eyes out. This was a big moment. And she wanted independence and we wanted to honor that and respect that. And I think in, in a lot of ways we backed off way too much. And I don't know if she would say it quite this way, but I tend to think that maybe it felt to her more like abandonment than giving space. And uh, so over time, we've learned that and, and the, the balancing act of moving from that childhood relationship to the relationship with an adult. Uh, with an adult child is, is a, a challenging, uh, narrow, you know, walking, a, a, a tightrope kind of thing. It's a tough and messy. Um, a counselor that, that my wife and I have gone to says that, you know, growth comes in, in awkward and messy steps. And so it's kind of been that way for us, but God has been so faithful and the, the incredible desire that we had to continue to have relationship and to maybe less than have influence, but to have, um, a deep sense of respect for one another has, has been given to us. And I, I see it as a gift from God. And so I think that's, um, that's kind of kind of the key. It's God has moved us from a relationship where uh, an authoritative relationship, where I'm the parent, you're the child, to a peer relationship where there's mutual respect. And I have huge respect. I love to ask my daughters about their perspectives on social issues because they see social issues differently from myself. I grew up in a different era and was shaped by different things. They value social activity and justice in a way that, that is different from my generation. So I'm learning from them. And I hope that in some ways, and I think they would probably say that, that they continue to learn from me. So I love that even as the, as the empty nesting process has taken place, that we're stepping into a new relationship of, of mutual respect. And as we mutually respect one another, we grow together.
0: That's awesome. I love the picture that you've painted of the relationship that you have uh, with your daughters as adults. And the the mutual respect is amazing. Now, Dan, I know, I know you well enough to know that uh, you're going to give me all kinds of disclaimers. And, um, and, uh, and you'll be humble, as, as you characteristically are. Uh, and so we'll, we'll go ahead and add the caveat that God is sovereign and God is gracious and God has done amazing things through your family. Uh, and so this next question, I, I'm not asking for secret sauce, but I also know that it's no accident that your daughters are walking with the Lord and that you have such a great relationship with them. And so I just wonder if you could give us two or three principles of how you and Jennifer were intentional in the home recognizing all along that ultimately this is God's work in you. But what did you guys intentionally set out to say, these are the kind of things that that we want to instill in our children while they're in our home?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that we were as careful and as thoughtful. I think that there was a lot of intentionality. There was a deep passion in us to do this and do this well, to guide them toward Christ and to the gospel in a good way. Uh, I, I don't know that I thought through it as deeply as a lot of people are thinking through it even now, and maybe even those who are listening to this podcast. But one of the things that I think guided us was consistency, wanting our children not to hear what we believed, but to see what we believed in action. So even though it was wisdom and truth, I wanted them to always see me acting in wisdom and truth. I wanted them to see a consistency in that. And my wife did too. And we weren't fully consistent, but I think that there was maybe a, you know, 51% in that. Uh, and, And so that I think made a significant difference. Valuing God above anything else. Um, and this is maybe a little bit of a, of a hobby horse of mine, but I think often we talk about the value of God and his people and gathering with his people in church and many things like that. Maybe this is still stemming from my pastoral background, uh, but we say those things, but we're, we're quicker to set those things aside than we are to set aside a lot of other things. So, you know, we say, well, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, God and, and church and God's people and serving God are very important. But right now there's a ball game. You know, right now there's this church, this school function. There's this other thing that's going on. And we set those things aside. And I, I would just say it's we've got to be really, really honest and say, okay, what makes room for what in our lives? Because whatever makes room for something else takes second place. So if church makes room for sports, sports are first. If church makes room for school, school is first. If God makes room for Fun or or recreation or amusement or any of those things, then then God is in second place. And so, the consistency in that, and knowing that you know having having big God theology, God is first and God is sovereign and God must be our ultimate priority. And seeking Him. If I said it once, I said it a thousand times to my girls. When you grow up, the one thing I want you to do. Is to love God more than anything else. What I would do over again, I would listen more. I would listen a lot more. I would, uh, I would hear what they're thinking and feeling a lot more. I was not, I was not good at that. I was a really good teacher. Uh, I was a really good instructor, but I wasn't a really good uh, listener. That's amazing advice. That's,
0: that's just pure gold. Then I, you know, I, I can hear it in your story there that it teaching is good, instruction is good. And that's I fall to that too. And I've kind of fallen to this prey to this idea that, well, if I just teach it and shove it in their brains, well, then they'll have it. And then I've done my duty. And what you've helped us learn and reminded us is that we have to model it. They have to see it. Mm. And I love that you and Jennifer made a point of that through the years that it's not only that we need to teach truth, we need to live the truth and demonstrate the truth and model the truth so that our kids can see this is real. These are not just words that we speak, but this is life and true life is found only in Christ. And I know you guys modeled that so well. So thank you for that. Okay. Scriptures, what scriptures come to mind for
1: you Mm -hmm. that most influence your
0: influence your parenting?
1: Well, probably first Proverbs 23, six just seemed like, when I heard it, recognized it, or whatever, at that moment where it just kind of sunk in, it just, it was one of those aha light bulb moments. So all through the book of Proverbs, kind of to set this up in Proverbs first chapters, especially you hear often the writer says, my son, my son hear, my son receive, my son. Don't forget my son. Listen, you know, over and over, he's talking up to his son and tell, you know, Catch this, catch this, catch this, catch this, catch this. But when he comes to Proverbs 26, he starts talking about uh, old age and being a a source of blessing to his parents. And he talks about the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. I I long for that. I want my daughters to be righteous and, and in that to find joy. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let the father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. I think every single person listening to this podcast wants that. They don't want grief and sorrow and pain. And we always get some of that. But it's like, ah, to see my children and, and to know that, that the basis of that is in their walking with God and loving God and knowing God more than in, you know, whether or not they're on an NBA team or they're, you know, CEOs of some huge uh, corporation or something like that. But then verse 26 kind of was the, that, that, you know, just that come down and clinch moment. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. And here's the thought, who owns your child's heart? who what what captures their heart who our children love something above everything else and we want them to love god above everything else but as they are growing into that i believe god has given them parents and it's our job to win the hearts of our children Uh, when when couples date especially the guys are trying to win the heart of the young lady, because, you know, young ladies have got it all. The women are, you know, we're the, we're the empty, got nothing. I need something. I need to win. She's got, you know, she's, she's got life and she's got it all together. And we're trying to win their heart because we desperately need them. And without them, we are, we are nothing. And so we winning their heart, but sometimes I think we take it for granted that. The children must give us their heart. They can give us their obedience without giving us their heart. They can give us uh, moments and time without giving us their heart. So my challenge became uh, years ago. I want to, I want to earn and win the hearts of my children. I want my children to, to want to to know me and please. Me. This is going to sound terrible and i hope i hope our listeners will will hear it in the spirit that it's that it's given in but i want my i wanted my daughters to want to please me more than they wanted to please anything or anyone else more than they wanted to please their friends at school more than they wanted to please someone else because i knew that i wanted good for them and i didn't know that every other influence in their life wanted that i didn't know that the the little friend at school really had their best interest at heart and if they earned their their heart, that's where my daughters would go. I think I think we know that in innately intuitively I think we know that whatever owns my child's heart, that's what my child will pursue and so I I ask God to let me win their hearts and uh, I think in in some ways that's still a gift God has given me.
0: yes, indeed. He has and uh what what an amazing testimony. I mean, it's kind of kind of like what you're saying is follow me as I follow Christ. It, you know, we're not asking people to follow us necessarily. We're asking people to, you know, allow us to lead them to Christ. And that's what you were doing as, as a dad. And it's so evident. Dan, I have to say, I I can't tell you how many times I refer to you. It's probably like once a month at this point when I hear about uh, someone with a you know a teenage daughter and I love what you shared with me when a young man approached you and said, Hey, can I have your blessing? And, uh, I just, I love your response. Cause you said my blessing. Ah, that's, that's a big deal. That's a big ask. Hey, look, no, you can't have my blessing, but I'm pulling for you. I, I want this to work out. I, I, <laughs> I just, I love that response. You took it so seriously. And what that communicated to me as a young dad is our daughter's hearts are not to be given away lightly. Katie gave me something a few years ago and it said uh, dad is a a daughter's first love is how it I mean it just makes you cry just even <laughs> even talk about it but that that's what you're communicating there is like she's until she's yours she's mine and uh, it's a big deal if I'm going to give my blessing to this. And I love the process you took him through with, you know, making him do the Spartan race with you and all that. I,
1: yeah. love that. <laughs> well, I did. I didn't make him do the Spartan race, but <laughs> yeah. Him. And uh, and I did say, you know, I don't know you well enough. Uh, and thankfully a few months later, I very, uh, very much for even uh, openly said, you know what? I've gotten to know you. And now I want you to know that you have my full blessing. And then at the wedding, uh, God allowed me to pronounce a special blessing over them as a couple, uh, and, and that's been a special thing. You know, the idea of legacy, some people will want legacy for their own sake, and legacy can be kind of a, a selfish word, but God began to impress on me a few years ago the, the biblical pattern of legacy and heritage. You know, all through the Old Testament, you find father's giving blessings to their children. And I don't exactly understand how that works, but I know that in some way, the Bible shows that God responded to that. For example, if you go back to the story of Jacob and Esau, they wanted to take it because whatever son was blessed would receive more. They not only saw it as something that came from dad, but they saw it as something that came from God and that God somehow honored that blessing. And, and I want to be able to pass that on to my daughters. I want to be able to, to pass legacy of, of, of a godliness, even in the old Testament. And again, it's old Testament, but in the old Testament, it talks about the, the, the blessings of the fathers to the second and the third generation. And, and that's my desire is is for my daughters to be blessed because of who I am and what I was able to pass on to them, and to give them blessing. So, uh, my my daughters as they as they date and as they marry, I want to I want to bless them not as a control, but as something where where God's favor is poured out on them.
0: Dan, you're going to make me cry just thinking about that moment that you pronounced the blessing on your daughter and uh, and new son-in-law. How amazing. And, and just think about how much more that must have meant to him when you communicated, hey, my blessing is a big deal. And you spent the time with him, get to know him, and then you say, yeah, you have it. Yeah, That's huge. I mean, that is huge, not only for your son-in-law, but also for your daughter. And uh, wow, incredible. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. Uh, the the last thing uh, this I promise this will be the last question, but I always want to offer our listeners a challenge. You know, it's great to to hear some of these things, and we say, "Man, that's cool, that's awesome," and then we might think, "Well, I don't really know if that's for me, or I'm a little too far down that road. I'm not sure how I could get back on track." And so, I just wonder if you could issue one or two challenges. And you have just by virtue of some of the answers you've given. But what would you say to the young parent who who says, yeah, I, I can see that in the future. I want that by God's grace. Uh, what are some things they can do right now to help make that a reality?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just have to go back through the things that we've talked about. If, if people finish this podcast and remember, you know, Dan Martin mentioned these two things, uh, I, I would be honored by that. And first, win your child's heart and do so not in a not in a self-serving or in a a way that is is selfish or detrimental to them, but but because you care so deeply for them and want to help them. So uh, win your child's heart, if you don't if you don't have it and if you have it, I'll value that. The scariest thing in the world was to do something in my life or to act in a way that would, that would break that trust and that 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 desire for them to to be loved by their father and then secondly you know live for something bigger than yourself even something bigger than your family and do it as a family you know everybody together uh join the team you have that that dna that will be unique to your family team no other family team will be like your family team your family culture will be unique because of the people god has brought together and i used the word stew earlier you will be a unique delicacy as a family but do it for something much bigger than yourself and if you don't know what that is seek that out and then make it make it very evident make it evident to your wife to your to your children to your to your husband to everybody everybody in the family know this is this is what we are as a family are about this is what we do
0: that's awesome one of the things that we talk about a lot in our ministry efforts is just that the people in your family husband wife children is not these are not a random assortment of people that, well, Lord, let's see what you can do with this. These are people that God has sovereignly brought together. Just like we see in marriage, God sovereignly brings people together. He sovereignly has brought every individual in your family together for a purpose. And ultimately, that purpose is to bring him glory. Um, Mm -hmm. Practically, it's going to look a a little bit different. The how is going to look different for every family. As you said, every family is unique. But to have that greater mission of why did God bring us together? Well, he brought us together for one main purpose, and that is to glorify him. Telling others about him, living for him, and for him alone, and um, I love that you uh, that you challenged us with that because uh, there's there's no higher calling. So thank Dan, you. thank you thank so Graham. much for your time,
1: Graham. It's it's an honor. Uh, thank God for you and for the passion you have for families and for this, and uh, look forward when we can get together and share some more and and spend time just uh, enjoying company. Amen,
0: brother. Me too. God bless. Win their hearts. Man, what a great challenge. Dan, thank you so much. And what a great opportunity for those of us who have kids still in the home. Let's win their hearts. Let's win their hearts and point them to Christ helping them see and understand that only He can fulfill their deepest longings, their deepest desires. They're all found in Him. So let's point our kids to Christ. Thank you so much for being with us again this week. Check us out on www.strategicfamilies.com. Hope to see you there and hope to see you back again next week. All right, team, let's do this thing. We can do it by God's grace for His kingdom and for His glory. We'll see you next time.